0: This is Pod Forsaken. Hey everyone, welcome to Pod Forsaken. I'm Rodney Altman.
1: I'm Missy Levin.
0: And I'm Chris Sachs. And this week we have a really special episode for you. I know that we promised that we were going to do the film Triangle this week, but we're going to delay that one week. That gives you a whole extra week to watch that if you haven't seen it, and you should because it's trippy as shit. (laughs) But this week we have a special guest Geo Parsons, the writer of Willy's Wonderland, the new Nick Cage movie where he fights evil animatronic robots. It just came out a few days ago. Uh, we just recorded the interview with him. We're going to jump into that in a moment. And then later in the episode, we're going to be talking about Geo's pick for the horror movie of the week, which is Bad Ben from 2016, which is on Amazon Prime. Uh, this is a really exciting episode. He was very gracious to join us, so... Enough of me talking, let's lunge into the interview. And here we go. Joining us now, we have Gio Parsons, writer of Willie's Wonderland. Hello, Gio. Hey, wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: unbelievable. <laughs> hey, we, um, uh, first of all, welcome to Pod Forsaken. Um, you are our first guest of 2021. Oh, so that's true. Awesome. Yes, welcome. Yeah.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. wow. See, see the 2020 was so awful. And now 2021 is just is
0: setting up to be the greatest year of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I hope so. I mean, after you, I don't know how we can get any better, but, you know, <laughs> we're going to try. Just cancel the show as this episode. I'm looking
3: at episode 84 canceled. This is it. You Can't get any better. I'll just call it. Start doing romantic
0: comedies and move on. I wouldn't Ooh. be fine with that, actually. But <laughs>
4: Rom-com forsaken.
0: Yeah. Anytime we let Missy just pick the horror movie of the week, there's like a 30% chance it's a romantic comedy anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was like, she'll be like, weren't you scared they might not fall in love? Like, <laughs> they didn't get together at the end. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure. I'm sure you've done a whole bunch of interviews. I'm not sure where to start, but I know what I want to start with, which is you You go by G.O., the the letters G.O., right? What is right. That, What does that stand for?
3: Uh, George Orion. Uh, okay. But my family is... Traditional in the first name and that my my father's name is George and his his father's name was George and there are several uh, Georges going back. Very long time. Plus, George's on uh, my grandmother's side as too. Like my coincidentally, my grandmother married someone whose named George, and her brother was named George. So, like, there were so oh. many Georges wow. when I was wow. born. Are, just, is your
4: is your last name actually Foreman?
3: <laughs> I wish it was. I wouldn't have done any movies. I'd just be sitting back and collecting the royalty checks as they came in.
4: Uh, I, I have a hypothesis. Do you have a nemesis named Stop Parsons? That would be pretty cool. Well,
3: what's <laughs> what's Parsons backwards? Parsons is like a uh, it's like a preacher or like a religious name.
0: So it would be it would be mm. like Stop Satan or something like that. I don't uh, know.
4: Yeah. Well,
2: he's clearly the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I got to you,
0: you ever meet someone who says hello? My name is Stop Satan. Just regardless. No, I'm going to be like a janitor and
3: just start whacking the dude. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> so so Gio, first of all, where where are you located in the world? Are you in LA? Yeah, I'm
3: in Culver City, California. Beautiful downtown okay, Culver cool. City,
0: California. Oh, nice. We're That's we're me. we're in very various, various parts. I think Missy and Chris are on the east side and I'm um, mm-hmm. like Studio City area.
3: Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, well, I, I moved I I grew up originally at Lake Tahoe um and then I moved down to Los Angeles to go to UCLA and so I've stayed
0: here ever since. UCLA, what a gorgeous campus. I went mm-hmm. I went to NYU, which is just like buildings in the middle of New York. There's no campus, you know? So I remember when I first came to to LA, I went to visit UCLA and I was like, oh this is this is something.
1: It's like a paradise. Yeah. I worked yeah. on the campus for like seven years and just like, yeah, it's these kids are like in a bubble. It's so oh yeah, nice. yeah. You don't
3: realize that you're going to school and like every house around you is worth a billion dollars. And it's like Yeah. You just, it's it's <laughs> something you totally take for granted.
0: So you you went to UCLA. What did you what did you study? I was
3: geography major. You want to know why I was geography major? Because when, when yes. Geo Parsons went to the registrar's office and he said, what's the easiest thing you guys got <laughs> as far as a major goes, <laughs> the registrar was like, geography, you only need to take four classes. I said, sign me up. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> so I was geography major because I was just going around to like the funnest classes I could find at the school. So I was doing like history of the Beatles and like the craziest stuff, like oh just whatever God. kind of fun <laughs> class that you read about, like your tax dollars are currently being spent on this class, what a travesty. That's the class mm-hmm. that I was taking. It was fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, when I was in college, I, I needed to fulfill a credit. So I took a, like an experimental art class where for my like final project, I did a a live performance where I like just punched a cheeseburger in front of a crowd of people.
1: How are we just brilliant. finding out about this now, Rodney? I, yeah.
0: I was like, I was like making a commentary on how silly the class was. And I was like, I wonder if, the, I wonder like, you know, if the teacher would let me get away with this. And she was like, that's brilliant. You have to do it. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know what to say. Like, and I remember punching this cheeseburger being like, I'm getting like actual credit for this. <laughs> Um, that's a much longer story, but uh (laughs) but I only had to do that, it was just one semester. So um anyway, so uh you went you went to school for geography, but uh let me let me ask, are like would you say are you a horror fan? Like like have you been a horror fan your whole life? Because you know, you wrote a horror movie, but that doesn't necessarily mean you like love horror. I have a friend who's a, a writer named Marco, and he is
3: like somebody that's absolutely in love with horror. Like he knows every single horror villain in the history of the medium he knows all the writers of it he knows every single detail down to like when this character was born i mean it's amazing how like intelligent he is with it i am a fan of the genre just overall so of course i've watched every single horror movie but the ones that I enjoy the most are, and we'll talk about later, are those B-horror movies, the, especially the ones that took place in like the 80s and the 90s. And I've referenced this like Jack Frost. It's like a killer snowman yeah. comes to life. Yeah, yeah. Gingerbread yeah that's Man. a great one.
1: Uh-huh. Demonic
3: toys where the toys are like uh, talking yep. trash. You know, like uh, those were always the kind of horror movies that I loved the most. I, I, I enjoyed those that, uh, more so than like I don't know, Exorcist or uh, one of those deep, dark, like true, true horror
0: films. If if you if you're someone who's seen Jack Frost and Demonic Toys, you're a horror fan in my book. Absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I uh, and I know the type of people you talk about because like I consider myself a horror fan. But then I go there's like do, do you know about like the the monthly Dead Right horror trivia that they hold in Burbank or they held in Burbank before there was a pandemic? No,
3: but you can inform me because it sounds
0: pretty cool. So if you go on Facebook, look up this group called Dead Right Horror Trivia. They still do it once a month. They just do it virtually now. But it's like uh, it's like horror trivia. For, it's the la- it's usually the last Thursday of the month, and you go you work you play on teams of six, right? And these people are the most hardcore horror people I've ever seen. You know, like the questions are you go in there thinking like, yo, I can answer questions. The questions are like, who did who's the uh, who did the score for Demonic Toys, right? And you're like. What? And then like 80% of the room knows. And it's like, holy shit, like I am way out of my league.
1: Yeah, it was embarrassing the one time I went. I think I knew one question. Yeah,
0: I, I invited <laughs> Missy to join one time. And she, I don't think, yeah, I think she only got one question I out mean, of I like 80. I mean, I
1: love horror, but like, yeah, I mean, it's.
0: <laughs> but it's it's definitely worth, I mean, it's worth trying it out once now since it's, I mean, it's free. You just have to like send them a message, say you want to participate and come up with a, a team name, you know, and encourage, I encourage all listeners it, uh, since it's currently because one of the biggest issues is that when it was live, you had to go to Burbank to do it. But like, since they're doing it virtually now, people join teams from all over the country. So if you want to test your wits against the best of the best, check out Dead Right Horror Trivia on Facebook. And I just look—I just plugged. I just gave them a plug. I guess I need to ask them to plug us now, right? <laughs> anyway, get, going, getting off that. So, um, so you went, you went to UCLA. You you graduated with. Uh, you know, geography degree. Uh, but geography. Sorry. I was going to say, like, is it a BA in geography? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it's really like, a, <laughs> I, 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 we, where are you
3: right now, Mr. Parsons? I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> that was great. You just got an A. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: okay. So, so then, uh, I mean, I, I obviously like, I know, I know your, your bio because we read the press release, so I don't want to just tell you things, you know, but tell me what happened after yeah, that.
3: Yeah. Uh... Yeah. I had been while I was at UCLA like, well, before I went to UCLA and got the graduate, the, the, the geography degree, I was just making movies when I was in high school on a camcorder. And when I say a camcorder, I mean like an actual Sony handy cam, like I'd hit record, I'd do a scene or I'd just play a character or whatever. Then I'd hit stop rewind it just a little bit to get myself out, to get my hand out of the frame where I hit stop. And then I'd hit record again and I'd do the next scene. Like I was editing as I shot because that's Mm -hmm. the only way that I could do it because all the editing software and the smartphones, none of that stuff had been invented at the time. So I was doing all those kind of cam movies. And that was something that I really wanted to get into was acting. And so I moved down, I was going to UCLA and I was just trying as hard as I could, as hard as I could, as hard as I could to get any sort of break acting wise. And I started running commercial casting sessions. I would uh, put people on tape for commercials. If anybody's out there uh, has never done it or doesn't know the, the business of it, it's like, it's a little different now because of COVID, but then... You know, if we had a Tide commercial, we'd see like 150 people would come in and they would all look at the camera and say, I like Tide, I like Tide, I like Tide. <laughs> well, I was seeing people do this and... Uh, they were always booking the person that was like work, that was like running the session. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd see, Mm. like, I would, I would see people who work the session, get the job. So I got a job working the session. And then I got to meet all these people that were doing commercials. And I got to meet all the producers that were doing the commercials. So I was able to work my way in to doing commercials by putting myself on tape whenever one that was right for me came about. So if there was one where there's a bunch of guys that were my category, I would do what I did in high school. You know, I'd go, I'd hit the record button, then I'd run in front of the camera. I'd go, oh, I like Tide. And then I'd run back and hit stop and edit myself <laughs> out. And by doing that, I was able to land a, a commercial. So I got a commercial and the casting director that had hired me to run the session was like, I can't have you doing this. Like, let me just get you a commercial agent, damn it. <laughs> so I got a commercial agent and I was just auditioning for commercials. I booked a commercial and uh, and the, you know, the agent said, okay, if you're going to do this, we'll get you in an acting class. So I went to do an acting class and I was having fun doing it, but it was a little expensive and I didn't have a lot of money. So I, I, I took a job at the acting class um, finding scenes. So I would find scenes for everybody in the class and then I would get tuition for free. So I started reading a bunch of scripts. So I was reading three or four or five scripts per week to find scenes for the class to do. So that was kind of like the beginning of my writing education. Uh, i would I would read scenes, I would find them, and then I would watch the actors uh do their scenes in class. And I was doing that for for a while. and then I was doing the scenes and I was just thinking, you know it's 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 cool. I'm having fun, but it's not really what I want. I'd want to be able to create something myself. So I started writing scenes that were just like one page two-page scenes, and then I would title them something unusual, like Untitled Pilot 3. And then I'd give them out to the class, and they didn't know. You know, they would think, oh, this thing just never got made, and they would do the scenes, and a lot of people in class would respond to it. Like, oh, that 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 was a great scene. How come I never saw that movie? It, uh, no way. That's this is, so this cool. Is awesome. this is, I know, is, that's
1: a really good story. Is, is this
3: real or did you
0: write this <laughs> no, story? No, I wish I was smart <laughs> enough to
3: write this story. Well, so I, no, I was, I'll keep telling you guys. So I saw people responding to it and then I was like, you know what? I i have to start doing uh a play. Again, now now I've got the acting class liking this stuff, but it'd be great to try and get some other some like agents and some managers and stuff like that to see it. But so I would uh, I wrote a, I would write one act plays and I would put them up in this office building that's over on Cahuenga and Barham. like <laughs> next time you're driving down Barham and you get to the uh, red light if you guys if any, anybody's in Los Angeles you get to this red light if you look to the left and you're turning towards the Hollywood Bowl there's an office building right on the corner across the street from a gas station and I would. Uh, do my plays in that office building in this like 20 seat theater that we have built on like level two of the building. And I was doing that, but nobody was coming. Right. I get like one person I get like two people. Uh, One time, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, and his girlfriend were the only people in the audience. And the the girlfriend was on her cell phone the whole entire time. And (laughs) I would be doing this scene and putting like all my effort and energy into this. And then I'd just look over and she'd just be there tweeting away. (laughs) So, Uh. (laughs) So I realized that. I had to think of a different strategy. And so the different strategy I thought of was, well, look, I just said, I had a I had one person coming, I had four people, I had three people. What if instead I just did it all on one night and I just guilted everybody into showing up?
2: There you go. So, yeah, wow.
3: I said, "Okay, Instead of doing it at that uh, uh, little office building, I'll rent out a theater just for one night at a nice place. So I got the Pico Playhouse, which is on Pico. It's near uh, Fox Studios and it's near – there's a golf course right there on Pico Boulevard. For those of you in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. if you're not in Los Angeles, just use your imagination. It's actually a nice place. (laughs) It's a great theater. But it's expensive to rent out unless you get it on an off time when they're not using it. Um, or there's a production that's just not going that night. And you can just kind of put a curtain up over what uh, whatever set that they were using. So I was able to get them really cheap. And then, I, like I said, I guilt people. And I would say, we're doing this one night only, May 12th at 8 p.m. You have to come. You have to come. You have to come. So I made everybody come. And all of a sudden, we had uh, this theater that was packed you know, there's 99 people there, and they're spilling out onto the audience, and we do the plays, and that changed everything. All of a sudden, there was this energy behind the plays. Everybody was laughing at the same time, and it was extremely contagious. And I'll get back to this as we go into, like, actually making the movie and my experience over this weekend. There was a contagion of, like, every one person laughed, and it caused three people to laugh, and three people laughed, and ten people laughed. And when ten people laughed, everybody laughed, and there was no better drug than he hearing everybody enjoy what you had written as you performed it on stage.
0: There's nothing better.
1: Amazing. <laughs>
0: That's one of the magics of like any kind of live performance, right? Is like when the crowd is responding, like it, it like last time I was in a the theater piece, I was probably in like the ninth grade, you know? And trust me, I, people were not loving it because of me in the background, right? <laughs> but it takes, that takes a like a lot of nerve to just like, were these one-man shows like you just – you performed by yourself? I,
3: I had – I was always the, the lead of them, but I had a – just a stellar – because I was doing I – had, I had been in that acting class giving out scenes, so I had access to uh, just an array of talent. And everybody wants to do a play, and especially if you're just doing it one night, why not? Yeah. But like you just said – The play only lasts an hour and then it disappears into the history or history books. It doesn't exist anymore. Like I can tell you how fun it was to do that play, but you'll never know because it happened so far away. And I can't, I can't use, I can't go up to an agent or a producer or somebody that could give me my big break and go, oh, hey. I did this play. It was awesome. Hire me. You know what I mean? It's like the day. <laughs> yeah, it not, was so good. I'm telling you, you would have yeah, loved exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And there's no way that I could get those people there. It, that never happened. It only happened one time. I, I remember I got this really, really huge uh, uh, talent agent and they came to the show and I had like everything set up perfectly for him, And I gave the performance of my life. And then I waited and I got a phone call from them. Like a day later, and I'm like nervous. I pick up the phone. My hand is shaking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> and she, she goes, hey, Gio, I saw your play. Looked like you had a lot of fun up there congratulations. Oh. And I said, thank you. And then they were like, goodbye. Oh. Oh. And that's, that's the other side. And, oh, yeah. As high that's, as you
4: and, can feel, that's the low. That's the low.
3: That's the low. And so uh, I tried, okay, you know what? I couldn't get that agent. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay like casting directors and managers and agents to see me. Cause I had booked a commercial and I had a little extra dough and I've said, you know what? I'm doing these plays and they're so good and everybody's liking them. Why don't I try and just bring these people in because if they just saw me for a half hour and I paid them like a hundred bucks to show up, they would like it. So I did that. I sent out an email. It's like, just come for a half hour. I'll give you a hundred dollars because I believe in myself that much that you will love it that much and they won't waste your time. And so I got like 15 people to come to this one tiny show. Uh, you know, I paid them all to be there just to, just to, just to take out the time, just to see me. I did like another performance in my entire life. It was the greatest thing I ever did for a half hour. And afterwards. Nothing.
2: Wow. I shouldn't
3: say nothing because uh, one of the agents gave my friend who was working the door his card and said, You have an excellent look. And that guy got a meeting. <laughs>
0: All right, okay, well. There you go, something good came out of it.
3: So, you know, here's the thing. I was, so I'm working as hard as I can to get noticed and it's just not happening. And after one of the shows, a friend of mine comes up to me and goes, all these plays you're doing is is great. Everything that you're trying to do is awesome. But if you wanna make something of your life, you're gonna have to write a screenplay. It's the only way to do it is you're gonna have to make your own movie. So I don't know anybody, I don't have any money. I've got no connections, but I love B-horror movies. Because everybody loves a horror movie. And they're mm-hmm. really inexpensive to make. And you can get away with not having that big of a budget. And people are fairly forgiving and they'll just watch it, you know? So maybe I can pull that off.
0: Yeah, we talk about that all the
2: time. It's like that's the one my-
1: genre
0: mm-hmm. where you, you'll you just let go of everything if you like the premise. That's
2: mm-hmm.
0: exactly correct. And so that's where uh, the the infinite,
3: infamous tale of uh, Willy's Wonderland begins.
0: Oh, ago. boy. Yeah, that was... Woo-hoo! Dude, I'm like... I already saw the movie, and I'm like, I was already excited to talk about it. It was such a great intro. Right? Good, 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 good. Okay, well, <laughs> you, you've yeah, you've clearly honed this. You've done this a couple of times. I know, right? that. I know
3: the story, but you know, here I'll just, if you guys don't mind, I'll just keep telling you the story. Please, please, please. yes. Yeah. So, all right, we have to have. Uh, so I go, okay, we have to have a horror movie, right? But I, I I'm planning on doing the if, and if people have seen this, the, and if they haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to give out too, you know, too much. But I'll say this. There's the janitor role. That's the main role. That's Nick, that's Nick Cage's role. That's the role that I had written for myself and Cage stole it from me.
2: Oh. <laughs> so I wrote that role
3: because I was like, okay, uh, I got no money, but I do have uh, a friend's garage I can use. And I will have just one character, it'll be me, and I'll go to this place that's just one location, because that'll be easy to film, and I want it to be a twist on the horror film, right? Everybody listening to us right now knows exactly the formula for every single great horror movie. Well, what if we twisted that? What if the villain, instead of picking on the right people, pick, picks on the absolute wrong person. Like, just like uh, Jason going up to scare somebody and Jason just gets wailed on. That's what I wanted, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, let's do that. Let's twist it. But what hasn't been done? That was my question. We have zombies. There's so many zombie movies out there. I can give you a list of 10 off the top of my head. They're probably 15 in production right now. Vampire movies. We've got a million vampire movies. That's not going to, that's not really going to do it either. Uh, Slasher serial killer movies. Well, like- this guy has to be able to take on a few people, so we can't have a lot of slasher people. Plus, I just don't want to see him violently pummeling a human being. That's that's not going to be funny, and that's not going to be fun, so what else could we do? Uh, ghosts, so you can't punch a spirit, and then, you know, it'd be awesome if you beat up some, like, animatronic robots. And <laughs> I had seen... These pictures on Ellen, where it's like these little kids and they're they're taking their Easter Bunny photos, and the Easter Bunny photos are like the scariest things yes. you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, like, I've seen those. Yeah, there's not a person <laughs> alive who doesn't want to just smack one of those things. Yeah. So I was like, so true. Boom, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's do um like like an evil animatronic thing, like looking like an evil Easter Bunny. So I start writing the script. And, uh, along the way, as I'm putting it in, I'm like, ah, just one character beating everybody up is a little bit stale. I have to add some stuff. So I put in the kids because you have to have horror movie fodder and those teens will work perfectly check. Exactly. And so I threw it and then it's got to have some lore. So I came up with the lore for all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it didn't take me that long until I had the screenplay, boom, ready to go. Got it. Okay. Now what do I do? I got nobody else. Um, I will do one of these Indiegogo things because Everybody's like, dude, you see them on all time, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, uh, raise money places. Hey, we just made uh, $20,000 to shoot our short. We just made $60,000 to do ours. And I'm thinking, oh, I got this in the bag. This is going to be easy. So I, how much were you, how much
0: were you hoping to raise? Well, I was hoping to raise like yeah $20,000. So I was, was hoping to raise. Um, and so you were going to, you were planning to like make this basically all, all by myself. Yeah, Yeah. Yep. Well, I okay. mean, I
3: was going to get some friends to help out or whatnot, but gonna sure. Going to get a handy cam, going to step in front of it, hit film. <laughs> yeah. Literally that's not, we're not that far off from what I actually <laughs> ended up doing. So I do this Indiegogo, and it's just not making any money. I do have friends donate, but it's not making thousands of dollars. And the majority of the donations that are received are anonymous from me.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting it in.
4: It's like, look, guys, I'm making some money here. You want to toss in, get us to our thing? That, a lot of people end up doing that where they're like, you know, 8,000 shy of their 10,000 goal, and they go, ah, I got 2,000 from other people. I'll just put in the eight grand.
3: <laughs> that's, I mean, that, yeah, that's what you got to do. So... I was doing that. I did yeah. not hit the goal, and uh, the majority of the money on there was mine. But I did make some, you know, enough so that I could make uh, a, like an animatronic uh, costume and a head, and like uh, it was called Wallie's Wonderland at the so- uh, at the time, a Wallie's Wonderland um, uh, sign, and I'd have all the props and the stuff that I needed. And so my. So I was like, okay, well, we'll just shoot a scene and like, let's do whatever we can to make this scene happen. And great. So I went to my friend Manny Hernandez's house. He lives out in Upland. He has a, it's in California. He has a garage that I can use. And my wife, Amalia and I, and my cousin Douglas and my friend, Evan Ullman and Manny, my friend Paul and a, a couple others, we designed the original Willie's Wonderland in, in, in the garage. And we, um, I had a, a an awesome, costumer create this like fake animatronic willy head and my friend brad william hinkey who plays piscatella on orange is the new new black he is a giant you know he's a big guy six foot four just really intimidating i made him the original Wally. and we shot just one scene and it, it, it ended up being a scene that became iconic as far as the trailer is concerned. If you guys have seen the trailer for uh, Willy's Wonderland, Nick is there. He's mopping up and this ostrich, Ozzy the Ostrich, comes at him and then he pokes the thing and then just beats the ostrich down. Well, that's what I did <laughs> with my friend. We, we, we did the little mop up scene and then I just wailed on him
2: that's
0: awesome yeah the the ostrich scene is one of my favorite
2: parts it's so of it. much oh, fun oh yeah. yeah no
3: everybody loves the ostrich scene it's so good so good we'll get into willies in a second everybody's like what we'll get to the willy stuff
4: <laughs> no everyone everyone's everyone's loving this this is i mean i, I, I guess i, I can't say, say it. i i'm impressed you are such a hustler between all the things you did i am a little surprised you didn't start a Chuck E. cheese rifle <laughs> 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 that would have been great but, <laughs> I meant to make a horror yeah. movie and, and now I'm a franchise I owner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's not too late like there might be there might be a way to do these around halloween like as like dude, a dude an escape the, room
3: that's oh yeah no doubt no doubt i mean hey we're sold out of shirts right now i mean <laughs> i
1: want one i was telling oh, them last night that i really want one
3: i'll get guys
4: i'll get yeah. some shirts we'll get, we'll do it for sure he, he has wally's so left over awesome. wally's wonderland shirts no one wants these oh, wally's, wally's
3: ones <laughs> except the kids that the old school kids who knew about it back when oh they do yeah. want they want the hipsters love the stuff. yeah the hipsters exactly you walk into silver you're walking around silver lake right now See, they see that <laughs> Willie shirt and they just scoff at you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. I'll, I'll continue. So I, I get the the the, sh- the short made, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna send this out to anybody who's anybody in Hollywood horror community doesn't matter. I'm just emailing. So I start emailing everybody, you know, doesn't matter who they are, what they are, agent, manager, producer, director, you name it. I'm I'm spamming them with Willie's Wonderland stuff.
0: Gio, I love this. This this go get them attitude. Mm-hmm. Man, you just made it happen. This is crazy. Yeah. But like in a good way, obviously. You know? And <laughs> I had nothing
3: else going and it was like my only way out. So let's just go. Yeah, you know, I've no I I'm just getting it in front of anybody that can see it. So I must have sent out like, I don't know, hundreds of emails. Of the hundreds of emails I sent out, I got one. Response one that's all you Uh, need. That's all you need. Yeah, I got one response from the uh, wonderful person named Kaylee Marsh who runs the Bloodlist. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you know what the Bloodlist is it's the like biggest unproduced horror movies, like the Blacklist for scripts, but horror movies. And she saw the film and she or the short I had made and she was like, I dig this, it's super weird. Send me the script, I'd like to read it. I sent it to her. She got back to me in a day. She said, your script is insane. I'm going to put it on the (laughs) bloodless as a fresh blood select, and hopefully somebody will notice you. I said, thank you so much. Um, So now I had a little notoriety at least because the bloodless is renowned and people know what it is, and it's not just some weird thing. People know what the bloodless is. So I do the same exact thing I had already done, and I spam everybody again. Hey, but this
0: time you're like, I, "Hey, I'm on the
3: blood list. I'm on the freaking blood list. Check this <laughs> out, dude. The blood list—that's <laughs> a really big deal. Yeah, it was. It was, You know, it 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 gave the prestige it needed for at least some people to pay attention. At least it it wouldn't be immediately discarded as just you know it comes into their inbox and they hit yep. stop. So what I do is I just start sending that out to everybody, 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 and it ends up in the inbox of a friend of mine. Uh, And her name is Venus Kanani, and she's a casting director in Los Angeles and a fairly well-renowned one. And she says, "Geo, send me the script, and I send it to her, and she reads it, and she says, hey, I got to talk to you. I know that you are trying to make this a break for yourself, and I understand that. But she says, but if you can get this to a movie star of a certain stature, then it could really be something special. And I say, okay, but, uh, you know, I'm so like, this is my, this is my break at the, yeah, line. yeah. <laughs> my, my acting <laughs> but role. but, this but what if I
4: told you some people consider him a treasure of national variety?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, but
4: you know what, when she said Nicholas Cage,
3: it was like, yeah, that would be so awesome because of course he's like the top choice I could ever have. So um, it was her, she, it she recommend,
0: was, she's the person who thought of Nicolas Cage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it, but it's like, wow. what Chris, <laughs> but, Oh, just a, I said really wow.
4: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like No, I said wow. <laughs> yeah, great job. I'm clapping for you. No. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I, I just, I, I kind of have Nick Cage in my mind. I, I, I know it's not true, but I just want to believe that people are going to start production on a weird movie, and yeah, he he's just like shows the other,
0: up. He's the other he's Bill Murray. The best. He just like shows up out of the mist. Yeah. He's like, heard you're filming a yeah. movie. You need an actor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're Like, I sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's
3: the thing. Like, there's a lot of misnomers about Nick Cage. Oh, do anything, do it. No, he gets probably like five or six scripts a day. Like everybody yeah. wants to ha- have him in the movie because he's such a world-renowned, uh, a, a globally known commodity that when you're putting a package together to sell it and to make it, like you get Nick Cage attached. There's a it. It doesn't guarantee your movie's going to be made, but it there's a it. It puts it into the very, very likely category. When right. I'm at this point, she's saying, hey, let's we're going to send it to Nicolas Cage. Well, OK, great. Well, that's like my friend saying, hey, we're going to play some uh, Burbank rec league basketball. And uh, LeBron James <laughs> is a buddy of mine. And maybe we can get him to join. So, yeah. Yeah, go. Right. Knock yourself out and go get LeBron, please. <laughs> anyway, she calls his manager, a gentleman named Mike Nylon, who um, is intrigued he knows Venus. He, he, he knows that she's just not going to put her you know, neck on the line and say, hey, read this thing unless she's serious about it. And he's like, you know what? Send me the script. I'll read it. So he reads the script. This is like a Thursday afternoon and says, I dig this deeply. I want to give it to Nicholas Cage. I'm going to give it to him. Wow. <laughs> so Mr. Cage gets sent it on a Friday and it was a long weekend I just sit around and like stared at the wall <laughs> for 48 hours. Yep. Thinking like, wow, man, all this stuff and all this hard work and now it's a 50-50 chance. He could say yes, he could say no, but all of this, like impossible odds, have come down to 50-50. Like Monday at 11. get this phone call.
0: Yeah, he's in.
2: <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> like like I,
0: I know how I know that he ends up being in the movie and yet it's still blowing my mind, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: What was, what did you feel when you got that call? It was very cool. But let me tell everybody something like, um, even Mike, his manager was very, he was like the most level headed person. He's like, "Geo, don't get excited. He's like, yeah, he wants to do it, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, you still have to get financing. You still have to get a movie made. And there's a million things that can go wrong, which we'll discuss pretty soon. And until he's a. Attached, and, or until the movie, and he said, I actually think he said this to me until we're like at the theater, we didn't know COVID was coming until we were at the theater watching this film. He's like, do not celebrate. Yep. So I, I tried to take his advice and just be like, okay, well, if it's going to happen, it's bound to happen. Well, uh, then we go into this whole process of like trying to get financing for the film and trying to make it happen and there's all these bumps along the way we're going to different people and and, and different people and when I say people I mean producers and uh, different um, financiers and things like that they'd always have notes they're like uh, and there's no way the janitor's going to just beat these things up he's going to run and he's going to be scared or you know there's no way he would just see the sheriff and just wave calmly like he's been going through all this weird stuff you have to to change all this nicholas cage defended the script a hundred percent he's like listen this is the script if you guys want to do it with me this is the script. And here I am. I've never done anything besides some plays, at the Pico playhouse and at an <laughs> office building down on, uh, on Cahuenga. And here's Nicolas Cage going, we ain't touching the thing. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, this is guys just defending me, which he does not have to do. He could just be like, yeah, change it. Just, you know, make sure I get paid and whatever. No, he fought for it from like, Start into the very finish, and you it's know incredible. what? Everybody was like, "Yeah, okay. If if Nick's leading the charge, then we're going to get behind him." So we are able to do all this. St- you know, we're we're able to get the thing financed, and okay, here now now we're getting into the crazy stuff because everything's moving hundred miles in that, you know an hour at this point. This is a horror podcast. It gets greenlit. On October 31st, (laughs) 2019. Awesome. (laughs) Wow. But Nicolas Cage only has one month because the man is very busy. So it's going to be shot February 1st to March 1st, 2020. So that means if you want to get this movie made, you have November, December, and January. And yeah, uh, there's like Thanksgiving and there's all the holidays and stuff like that. And right now, as far as uh, a production, all we have is a script in Nicolas Cage. So everything else has to be put together in three months because as soon as uh, February 1st rolls around, we're shooting. And if you miss your window, guess what? Nicolas Cage has a couple other projects lined up and you may not ever get the opportunity again. Wow. So now it's like, everybody and credit everyone that worked on that production. I, I cannot I'm not just going to list all their names, but you guys can go to IMDb and look at look up everybody's name that worked on that production. All of a sudden, it's like everybody goes into uh, uh army mode. Like every night, every day, working as hard as they can, securing the sets, making uh making the animatronics, getting the actors, getting everybody's schedule involved, finding the locations, you know, all the stuff that goes into making a movie that usually takes sometimes a year gets put into three months during the holidays where like nothing can go wrong. And so we, you know, we, we it, it happens, you know, we get everything, like everything gets put together and you, we shoot this movie Willie's Wonderland and the day we finish like two days later, there's this, this COVID thing and it's shutting everything down and literally like two more days after that, That's it. Like everybody gets sequestered and everybody's locked down. So if, if one thing had gone wrong, one thing, there's no Willy's Wonderland. Like the whole production would have been shut down. Like it was a threaded. this whole entire story I've been telling you guys has been one threaded needle to the next threaded needle to the next threaded needle until it gets made. And now we all of a sudden have to like, the post-production of the movie but nobody's allowed to talk to each other in the same room so you cannot like do an edit and then get 20 people in the room and go okay what do we all think it has to go to a b c d e oh e says this well b says this well a is saying this it slows down (laughs) everything and so you can't imagine the process of going from movie a shot to now getting it like it was supposed to come out in october Got delayed that much more just because it took so long. Everybody doing everything one by one. There you go. Yeah. There's the story well, was, of boys wondering. It Wonderland. was meant to be. The, yeah. You know, I, it, it's it's a thing. I'm sorry. I've just been. I feel like I'm just yammering at you guys. But that's like. No, every- it's okay. We'll start recording soon.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but that's like kind of the wild process of making a movie. It's crazy.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, that that really goes to show you. I mean, it's hard enough without a pandemic because people liken making a movie and going through post to like herding cats. Now you're herding cats, but you can't herd them together. They have to be each herded in their each ho- their each individual house where they're they're hunkered down. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> but hey, it came out. So congratulations.
1: <laughs> I know. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you.
4: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's a hell yeah, of a tale. it just sounds
0: like man, I, everything just like aligned perfectly that's it's just it's like almost unheard of in hollywood you know to like for such like obviously you worked your ass off to make it happen it didn't just well you just didn't wake up right and have it like this but yeah the fact that it was just like you knew the right person they knew nick cage nick cage was in you were able to secure the right window because sure i imagine nick cage books a lot of gigs because he's in like i can't even keep up with the amount of nick cage movies you know he's doing stuff all the time you know all the time but um man, I wanna I wanna talk about the movie itself for a bit. And like I certainly don't wanna spoil anything for people who haven't seen it yet. But my first no. question is you said earlier that it was originally called Wally's Wonderland. And I was just wondering why you switched it to Willie's. It
3: had something to do, this is this is kind of unusual. It had something to do with um, like legalese. Um, when you go to get like insurance and bonds and, and such for, for, for film, like there's like a, there's a business side and there's like an artistic side. And sometimes the artistic side has to suffer a little bit, um, to please the business side. And, and it was some sort of issue with the term Wally's Wonderland being close to Wally world. I don't know. They, so they just switched a Val and suddenly it was okay. The thing is they probably could have fought and you know, gotten everything cleared for Wally's Wonderland, but that may have taken a week, or it may have taken two weeks, and there was no time to pause. So the choice is like, hey, change it to Willie's, and 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 just change nothing, you know, and and, and time yeah. keeps going, or fight for two weeks. Ah, change it to Willie's.
4: It's all good. Right. It's just I could I can make this problem go away by using find yeah. and replace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay,
3: yeah. that's that's literally what I did. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah. Well, I, I know they, like Malcolm Gladwell says it takes 10,000 hours to master something, but I think it takes, uh, your cousin's girlfriend sending 10,000 tweets to master, uh, <laughs> industry.
2: It's, it
3: yeah, it's, uh, here's the thing. Like there's no, there's no right way to do any of this. If, if people are out there and they're listening to it and they want to do, you know, you want to be a movie maker, want to be an actor or screenwriter, it doesn't matter. Well, you want to be anything. It's like, you just have to go for it and you'll get lucky and you won't get lucky you'll know somebody, you won't know somebody. It's like just, you know, yep. it's just kind of, yeah. kind of thing.
4: Well, it's, there was a uh, Tommy Wiseau of The Room fame earlier this week had a, somebody on Twitter was like, how do I start writing a screenplay? And Tommy Wiseau responded, you start. Tommy's right. Yeah, Yeah, and he made The Room, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, wait, there's one thing. I remember when The Room came out
3: because it was in Los Angeles. Tommy would put up yeah. billboards yeah. everywhere. You know, you'd be driving oh, around, yeah. so at least- at least you noticed him. He believed in himself enough. Who knows where he's getting the money? But he was believing in himself uh, himself enough to say, "Hey, look at this." Yeah. You know. Hey, look at I,
0: this. I remember the first time I saw that billboard, and I was like, "Wait, what is this?" You know? And like, <laughs> I, I, I I think it's fair to say that like he's a nationally known name at this point, right? Especially after the Disaster Artist came out. Like that oh, dude, sure. he believed in yeah. himself and he made a thing happen. Uh, again, it helps that he has like some unspecified millions of dollars, right, that he can just spend. But all the same, he made a thing and 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 people know it. And that's that's not easy. Bringing it back to Willie's, though. First of all, I want to tell you, I really enjoyed this movie. This is this is a lot of fun.
1: It's a blast. Yeah,
0: I I'm in general a Nicolas Cage fan. So I was already in. Right. And I feel like I mean, depending on the movie, you get a different Nick Cage every time.
2: Right. <laughs> um,
0: and he's he's just very versatile. And I think I had I don't remember where I had read this, but I, I think I went into the movie knowing that he doesn't have any dialogue. So I was I prepared didn't. for that.
1: I, yeah. I'm glad I didn't know.
0: So Missy, at what point did you realize, like, I don't think he's going to say anything. When the
1: teenager showed up and he didn't say anything, I was like, okay, well... That would have been the moment. And then I thought that maybe, like, at the very end of the movie, I'd have one line or something. And I'm, I'm glad he didn't, actually. Yeah. I like the choice. But w- was he always going, th- that role, of the janitor always going to have no lines?
3: Yeah, it could be because, getting back to our earlier story, I thought I was going to have to do it all myself, and I didn't want to have to learn any lines. I was just huh? like, oh, Smart. okay, well, that's one <laughs> yeah. less thing I'm going to have to yeah. do. And then, you know, as a, it worked as a story because the janitor's such, like, this badass dude that really he has nothing to say to any of these people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, he's like the adult going to the children's table and the kids are all just yapping at him. And he's like, oh, I got nothing to say. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I, I have nothing to add <laughs> here. Like, why? Why even bother? I did originally have a line that the janitor was supposed to say, like when he goes to the the ultimate battle against Willie, he's, they're supposed to like, and it happens in the movie, just doesn't say the line. They like stare each other down. And then I wanted like there to be this, like, like uncomfortably long shot of him just staring at the weasel and then just going come at me bro <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good too. but then i was like i was I, but then i was like you know what that's a little cliched and i took it out but yes if anybody's wondering that was the one line i thought about giving him and then
0: i was like "Nah, take it out it's too cliched too cliched. I, I think he made the right choice yeah. I, I like that he's silent throughout and he he does such a good job like like he he, car- I mean, he's in basically the whole movie, but he really carries it. I but know. also, the designs of the animatronic robots are really creepy. I like Willie's will My never favorite.
1: Forget them. Like uh, they're, yeah, they're forever gonna be in my dreams. <laughs> yeah,
0: here's
3: so here's the deal. Uh, when when Kevin Lewis and I, the director, would uh, and Kevin's just an awesomely talented individual and a hardworking person, one of the hardest people I've ever, or hardest working people I've ever met. One of the things that we are on the same page about. We're on the same page about almost everything, but but the the thing that we are on the same page the most about is the animatronics have to be stellar. They have to be stellar because we don't have a lot of money, but any money that we do have has to be put into those animatronics because if they – if Ozzy doesn't look as scary as he does, if Gus doesn't look as scary as he does, if Willie is not as intimidating as he is – Nobody's going to have fun with that movie. If it's just some guy in a costume and you can kind of see his underwear (laughs) hanging out of the thing, like nobody's going to enjoy that. So that is where we really went hard into making the animatronics just as stellar as they could. And uh, luckily, a a gentleman named... Ken hall from uh total fabrication he was able to come in and just just do those things just 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 make the animatronics look as amazing as they do the other part of it that goes along with the animatronics is the production designer Molly Coffee who created Willy's Wonderland that's just a small studio but like when you go into Willy's Wonder or Willy's Wonderland I'm calling the wrong <laughs> name when you go into Willy's Wonderland like you're there. There's there's never a time in the movie where like this looks like a set. No, you you feel like you are inside that play place, and I think it just brought up the quality of the movie like four or five notches. Those two people just doing a spectacular job, and then the cinematography, David Newberg's cinematography, just just every single shot just making it as stylized and awesome as he possibly could. It 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 it. it far outpaced my expectations and when i was watching the movie knowing everything that was coming i was just suckered in
4: oh i i tangentially know molly and have talked to her because i worked on stan against evil she's cool yeah she's great look at chris throwing huh. hollywood knees oh, yeah. around
0: this is about this is about
2: geo <laughs> yeah, chris uh, by right? the way
0: so uh i i read that Apparently, Nick Cage, because he's a big fan of like he he like has a lot of amphibian pets that he asked you to change some of the, the designs of the creatures to be like a crocodile and so forth. Yeah, he loves <laughs> he loves
3: uh, reptiles. He loves amphibians and dinosaurs and stuff like that. And so we yeah, we talked we talked about it. we changed some of them. We made uh, Cammy a chameleon. We made Artie an alligator. Tito became a turtle. And that was a smart move. That was actually a smart move because we haven't seen creatures like that. All the creatures are always mammals at these play places. Mm. Hardly ever like these, these, these lizards and iguanas and stuff like that. I thought that was a brilliant design. And it may, I think it brings the characters to life a little bit more, just gives them that kind of like differential quality that makes them special
4: yeah what, what were they before were they just mammals yeah they or? were just
3: the simplest things I could come up with off the top of my head when I was writing it was like Barry Bear Douglas <laughs> Dog yes. you know it was uh, just like uh, Mickey Mouse <laughs> yeah. and they had problems with that <laughs> yeah well, yeah what's the deal <laughs> yeah
4: I have Chuck E. Cheese and Mickey Mouse they're recognizable <laughs> yeah
3: no so that was uh, a that, that was a th- that was a that was a smart thing that he, he that he said you know it was a brilliant note and it really yeah. added to it this is uh, you're just it's one of those things that I'll say in writing and in all sorts of art it's like you can do one thing and then five, 10, 15 people can make it better. So that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that is, I got very lucky that there were a lot of people that made it better
4: yeah well i think you really benefited by not being precious about anything and by listening and reacting it just really helped elevate it you know from from you know being like well this i'm supposed to be the star and like no it's nick cage now to like things as small as like what the animatronics are and it, it shows so there's yeah, there's, some, there's
3: some fights to have you can always you can always defend your position on something but if you're not open you're not gonna make you know it's none no absolutely but, no, you know it Christopher Nolan doesn't have like a final say on – you're never going to have like a final, final say on any of this stuff unless you are Tommy Wiseau and you just <laughs> right. don't right? have, <laughs> have that
2: money.
0: Have that unless mundane, you're you know paying for I mean? it so entirely yeah. by yourself, you got to work with a team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on. You had a note? Let me check with the producer. Yeah, no. <laughs> one of the things i mean first of all the the movie has this really interesting blend of sort of like it is aware that it is kind of goofy right but it's also like gory and violent and i think that makes for a really fun experience and that's sort of what you said earlier that like if it were just about nick cage beating up animatronics it might start to lose something but the fact that you introduce the cast of the kids to come there and i won't say who does or does not die, but some of them die, and they die in really gory ways. And that had me applauding. Like, the part with Nighty Knight, that's his name, right, Nighty Knight? I I was just like, that's awesome. Like, so I think that was a really good instinct on your part to be like, it's still a horror movie, and I still need to kill some people, so here's a way to do that. One
3: of the, so here's, the. It's amazing it worked out the way that it did because it 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 was it was a the whole experience is a tightrope. If the movie is too takes itself too seriously, then it's not as fun. If the movie decides to wink at itself and makes like openly open jokes, you know, then it falls flat. It was this tightrope where we are in an absurd situation. Everybody has to take it as seriously as possible. But in the back of our minds, we have to know that nobody is taking this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard thing to pull off. That's a really hard thing to pull off. No. And then as far yep. as—oh, well, sorry. No, I'll, uh, l- let me Please. continue one second, then you can make your— One of the things, okay, when you were experiencing a horror movie and everybody knows this, because if you're listening to it and we assume that you are a fan of horror, you have this natural inclination to tense up like this is scary. Your body wants to react and it's that fight or flight syndrome. And in most horror movies, it's flight, flight, flight. Here comes the bad guy. Flight, flight, flight. That's why I wanted to turn it. I wanted everybody to be scared. Here's Ozzy. He's staring at the janitor. You have this fear, this like, what is going to happen? And then, boom, the release comes when the janitor just starts throwing haymakers. And you're allowed to release as the audience member.
2: Yes!
3: (laughs) You know, watching him just get beat down. It is some like primordial urge from caveman days where you're
2: just like, you can get him!
0: (laughs) And that's kind of what I wanted to pull off. Yeah, my, my wife started applauding uh, when he beats up the gorilla in the bathroom, yeah, right? Yeah, that's great. Like, like, she was like, Did he just curb stomp a gorilla <laughs> on a urinal? And I was like, I have never seen that <laughs> before. <laughs> Without a doubt, the great that is
3: the greatest kill in the thing is just curb stomping that gorilla. You know why? That was my favorite death. And in the in and they changed it for the movie a little bit because I had him uh do it in a toilet stall, but then you can't get a camera in right. there, right? Because it's, it's too small. So made it make it a urinal. But one of the things that did not make the cut is like he puts Gus's head in the in the urinal. He flushes the thing to, like, give him a swirly. (laughs) And then Gus, like, I had a line where Gus is like, please stop, (laughs) like, begging for mercy. And then he gets curbscomped.
2: Yeah.
4: So I'm curious, in your mind, the janitor character, is there more of a backstory you have in mind or is he this like ethereal warrior wanderer that like, well, I don't know, as the writer, what, what what's your approach to him?
3: My approach was to, well, I was trying to get noticed. Uh, going back right, to the right. story that we talked about. We, it, look, it, when it, when we talk about a screenplay and people talk about making movies or if you want to be a screenwriter, you go to like, you know, if, if you took a class, there's a structure to screenplays and there's a structure to characters and they are supposed to follow the, that certain structure. And when you watch movies and horror movies, they follow that structure. Well, if everybody is doing that structure, then- you're just one in the crowd and you may get noticed and you may be the best writer ever and not get noticed. But let's instead just flip that on its head, its head completely. So instead of uh, me giving you a character where, you know, you you learn their backstory and you know everything about them and you see this journey that they've gone through. What if I was like, nah, nah, you don't you don't even get his name. <laughs> <laughs> and what about these obstacles that he has to overcome? And what are, what is the challenges he has to go through? He just has to clean the place up. That's it. He just wants to clean it and he wants yeah. to leave. That is his yeah. whole arc.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's a story of a man cleaning uh, a business. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So
3: what, 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 okay, what does he have to go through? Nothing like these animatronics attack him and he beats him up and then he goes
4: about his day. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care that yeah. they attacked him. He just
2: wants I, his no, car that- back.
4: There is one point where he wants to drink his soda, but it's in the other room. That
1: was a lot of, yeah, a lot of tension. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. Here's another stop story. Here we go. I didn't tell you. Did I tell you, did, did we talk? I forget because I'm telling this story. Yeah, did I yeah. tell you guys about the Nicolas Cage arcade story? Have we talked about this? No. No, no please nope. All right, I told you I was going to UCLA. I'm in Westwood when I am a sophomore in college or something with my buddy, Paul, and we are playing video games in the arcade. And we have this virtual tennis game and I'm playing virtual tennis. At the time you would be on the left side. Your competitor would be on the right side. You don't know who your competitor is because you play them. If you lose, you walk. The next person steps up, puts in their 50 cents and starts playing. That's the way it works. So There's like a little line. Well, I'm playing virtual tennis and I'm just, I'm, I got like, I'm knocked down the first guy. knocking down the second person. And then the third person comes up, puts down his 50 cents. It's freaking Nicolas Cage. Here I am like 20 years old. Like what is going on? He had brought his son to the arcade, who was, yeah, I don't know, 10 or something at the time, just to have some fun. And then he wanted to have some fun. So next thing you know, he didn't really say anything to me. He just puts in his money and we're starting playing. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, I'm playing Nicolas Cage. Should I let him win? Nah, I'm just going to destroy this dude. (laughs) (laughs) So I play Nicolas Cage in virtual tennis. And it was such like an awesome experience that when I wrote that scene where- this is, I didn't know, again, I'm telling you the story, I didn't know he was going to be in the character at the time, but it was always kind of fun thinking about playing with Nicolas Cage. I wrote the scene where, you know, uh, Cammy is about to fight Liv and all of a sudden the janitor's watch goes off and he wants to go play a video game. Like that was, yeah. and they put it, you know, they have the pinball machine there that became such an like, iconic part of the movie. But yeah, it's so crazy that that was literally a little bit inspired by something that happened 20 years ago. That's so cool Did you That's remind crazy.
0: Nick Cage of that incident?
3: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't remember <laughs>
0: I imagine oh. To, <laughs> me, to yeah. me it was just like one day in an
3: arcade <laughs> yeah. It would have been
4: so worse So bad if he was like There was this one time I lost at Virtua Tennis <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll find I've that guy I've been for that man <laughs> for 20 years <laughs> Yeah,
3: he's it's been a whole thing He's been coming for me He didn't want to be in the movie He just wanted a piece <laughs> <Yeah>. of me <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: Tell this man I'll be in his movie um, Yeah
3: <laughs> It's yeah. all just a setup and when I finally meet him he's got the just the arcade just ready to go. He's like, Mr. Parsons, <laughs> put your quarters in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um uh, for 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 summer most of the shoot were you on no, set no at the time the
3: nicholas nicholas cage was uh sort of running the show and i had such faith in kevin and everybody else that were on, that w- there that was uh making the movie that i was in europe oh, <laughs> so, oh yeah, wow. nice. yeah very nice yeah, yeah so I, I had updates and people said just kept every, it was, you know, everyone was yeah everyone's saying we're having like the best time and i was like good
4: good good wow. you just get a so text one you- day you get yeah. a text that's like, a uh, gorilla not install in urinal. Oh, and you're like, yeah, that's <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> I did
3: hear, there's a, there There are always a bunch of crazy stories that I was hearing, you know, like, it, again, it's always threading the needle with all these shoots. Things go wrong, you know, it, you know, things, things happen. It was I, probably best that I wasn't there because I would just be like, well, you know, shaking in fear the whole entire time or just, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I could also see myself going like, wait, 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 that's not the right line or something. So it's like, nah, it's better, yeah. best that I was in Europe.
1: <laughs> I was dying to know watching it, how much of the clean uh, of the cleaning was Nick Cage actually doing? Was this, it was a yeah, lot of Yeah, he does tons of cleaning. Movie. He's
3: doing all of it. Yeah, I know. Just, really? Well, oh you know, I, I, it, the, the, it's so much fun to see like, Okay, well, here's a cool thing, like, about the movie and the cleaning, and we were talking about Molly earlier and the animatronics. We didn't have a lot of money to buy, like, seven animatronics. There weren't seven Aussies. There weren't eight Titos. There was one. And there was only one Willy's Wonderland. So things had to be shot in a certain order because once the animatronic was destroyed or once Willy's Wonderland was destroyed, we couldn't go back to it. So it had to be shot like kind of in the order that it existed. So the last scene in the movie where Willy's Wonderland is just as clean as the CDC was like one of the first shots of the shooting schedules. Um, So because And same thing with the fights. Like we had to make sure we had all the... uh, how they pulled this off, I have no idea. You know, it has to be scheduled because if Ozzy's needed in the last scene of the day or the last scene of the the shoot, it's not going to work because he's been destroyed on day right. three. So you got to figure out all this wow. scheduling in order to get it right. So once a once an animatronic is dead, it's dead can't use it well again. that's that's a lot of pressure my brain wow. it
1: hurts thinking no about i know it's, it's just and that. you think about
3: all the flashbacks and like all the different scenes that all the different characters are in it's a logistical nightmare it's amazing it's amazing what the the willie's wonderland team did amazing
0: out of everyone here what who is your favorite of the animatronics oh well, I, well I, nobody's uh, oh, oh, <laughs> no. <I thought> <laughs> well i mean i already said mine is mine is willie i thought I thought Willie was just so menacing and creepy and so well designed that the whole movie is like, Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the finale when these two go head toe to toe. Yeah,
1: I mean he's the creepiest yeah. and most menacing. I I liked the the bathroom kill the best, but he's the best looking. Willie's the best looking. Yeah, Gio,
0: do you have a, do you have a personal favorite? Yeah, Ozzy was always
3: my favorite. Really? Yeah, o- okay. Ozzy was. Ozzy was. You know, and and but here's the thing. Another reason and uh, Willy's Wonderland I think is successful is because everybody has their own favorite. There's not. It, it, there's never a consensus across the board. In fact, a lot of people are calling, are, are texting me, and and twittering me, and and. Uh, and, and Instagramming and like, they love Siren Sarah. Oh, Siren Sarah is my favorite. Siren Sarah is my favorite. Gus is my favorite. Tita is my favorite. Ozzy is my favorite. It's so cool because when you have your favorite animatronic, you root for that evildoer on screen. It's kind of like the Avengers movie. You know, Avengers show up. Oh, I like Iron Man. Oh, well, I like Spider-Man. And so when you <laughs> see them on stage or on screen altogether, you have the one that you're rooting for the most. And I think that- the that's the same feeling with those animatronics everybody has their favorite pick and everybody's is different and i i I can't believe how well that worked out so cool
0: chris who is yours favorite your favorite I I, I
4: think I gotta say Willie because it's just something about the way he's styled and how his neck is just like a little off it just (laughs) reminds me of all like the animatronics I see as a kid and be like nope
1: yeah it feels so real like I can't believe it didn't exist before this one
4: of the things about
3: designing Willie is like he had to be like the biggest bad guy right because in every movie there's a hero and a villain we got Luke Skywalker we got Darth Vader we got um, Batman we got the Joker you needed the janitor to have an equal in Willie and Willie. when i wrote him he's like eight feet tall 300 pounds the only challenge he has on this earth is a nuclear mutated polar bear you know he had to be that like (laughs) big and intimidating uh to 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 take on the janitor who has dispensed of seven other animatronics to that point
0: right (laughs) and another thing i want to talk about is the creepy birthday song that they sing which you wrote that is still yeah, stuck I in my head. I could
1: sleep last night because I was <laughs> singing it all night.
0: <laughs> give credit to to the the composer
3: who 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 did the the music of Willie's Wonderland. Wow, it's amazing, right? Like it's he's got. I love it, and the birthday song. So I'll sing the birthday song as originally as I wrote it, but then the, you know he comes in and just ele- I've been saying this: people can take your art and elevate it to the next level if you just you know, give them the ability to take your art and do something just amazing with it. So the birthday song, here's the, here's the, here's the thing about the birthday song. I'm writing this script. I'm like, I don't know if you can use happy birthday. It might be copyrighted. I was thinking, and and it may not, I don't know, but I think it's copyrighted.
4: It, it was, and there was a firm that quote unquote owned it. And then a couple of years ago, somebody sued and was like, no, 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 no. We found sheet music that shows it's older than oh. what you say it is. So now oh, okay. it is fair so you, use. Good.
3: Well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't know this at the time <laughs> because I just would've used it just to be <laughs> easy. But I was like, okay, well, I need a different birthday song. And so I'm sitting there, I'm just like, again, trying to think of the easiest thing. It's your birthday, we want you to have fun. It's your birthday, so let's party everyone. Oh, that's easy, you know? And then I had, I had uh, some, Some of the lyrics, like Willie was going to sing them in the film and be evil, and it's like it. it, Not all of them came in, but I'll sing the evil ones that not not because the birthday song. Uh, it's they, I I realized they did this because it needs to be a happy song. And the one I did was like the, the animatronics were singing that evilly, but it was, (laughs) it's your birthday and we want you to have fun. It's your birthday. So let's party everyone. It's your birthday. Put a funny hat on your head. It's your birthday and we're gonna kill you dead.
4: (laughs) 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 But it was like, you know. Well, thank you. It's I in know. my head again. Yeah, I, you know, I know. And then you go on YouTube
3: and you see people playing the birthday song. It was just, uh, I, I, you know, all the tutorials and stuff. But yeah, so he takes that music and he's able to just bring it to another level. You know, it was like, like that was amazing. And and uh, my dad is a musician and for 40 years, he's been writing songs. And you better believe he called me up and said like, I've been writing songs for 40 years and trying to perform for 40 years and your stupid
0: birthday song is <laughs> (laughs) anyone's ever gonna know (laughs) i mean yeah i mean it's incredibly catchy i i almost had it out of my head until you sang it again and now as chris said it's bad um and but um i guess i i have a couple other questions there's the there's the soda that or the 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 drink that nick cage is always drinking right that it's like pop punch punch pop what um is that just a cool thing you came up with or is there more to it no that?
3: give that the, give that credit to the the team that was putting it together because i had i did have a soda in there it was a pepsi i was just like you know I part of my thought thought was like when i was just doing like the um i got to make this myself was oh maybe i can get some like advertising if it was just a pepsi who was drinking all the time you know some product placement yeah. stuff cuz i had a friend who, and she <laughs> is a product placement uh place It's called stone management and they put all that stuff in the movie like the Chevy Camaro, where'd that come from? You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> he's like at the, oh man, it drew me nuts. At the end, he gets the Camaro and you see him like use the push button start. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah I, you know, I felt that moment i was like oh that's a pretty uh specific close-up
3: yeah it was not a camaro he was like i had a different car in the script but you know what they a this the product placement I is a thing so i thought you know pepsi would be a good one and I, we're trying to get some like soda rights and then like you know who knows one of the one of the brilliant people involved with the production was like you know the janitor's so iconic let's just give him like a soda and uh, the team designed that punch pop, and uh, that's that's it became uh, synonymous with the film. So, very yeah. cool.
1: I'm so glad you did that. It made it feel like it's its own, like un- part of its own universe. Definitely.
0: I really want one. So, if anyone, I do too. I was like, I want to drink that. That looks amazing.
1: Yeah, share it with me.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you wanted a Camaro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I'll take that too. I just, I'll be happy with a punch <laughs> pop. <laughs>
1: He drinks a lot of them,
3: though. Yeah, he's got, he, I mean, his heart would probably explode after the fourth, <laughs> but hey, he's a janitor, you know?
4: Yeah, so Willys, it's it's a good time. It, it knows what it is and it literally delivers. So thank good you. Job. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I had a smile on my face the entire yeah, time. Yeah, it's
4: supposed to be fun. It's an event. Like I was saying with the plays,
3: you know, I, was, I said that here, we'll wrap it up with like, I, when I started doing those plays, it was to get everybody in the theater. And I said, one person laughs, 10 people laugh, a hundred people laugh. Well, oh, it's the same thing with the movie. If you can get everybody together watching it, like we all are right now. And I know people are listening to this in the future, but this is like the, the movie's been out for a day now and like everybody's watching it and they have, they know what it is. They know it's just going to be a good time. If you haven't uh, watched this movie yet. Safely get some friends together in different places and you know, just know like, hey, let's all watch it together from the comfort of our own home. And uh, you know, if you're with your husbands, your wives, your families, watch it together, laugh, uh, shadow box the TV. It's supposed to be <laughs> just a party. So go have fun. It's, no, it's
0: absolutely a watch with friends or a group or however, with other people kind of movie. This is like, my wife and I had so much fun watching this. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad this movie exists, yeah. you know? It's available for one night at Pico Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that would be great. Can we fit like nine million people? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's on demand now. You can right. You can. Uh, is there any specific place to find it? Just go on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon TV, Prime.
3: Uh, I uh, Apple TV, Redbox. You know, all, all the major streamers have it. You just you just you quick click. You just click Willy's Wonderland. Quick rent and just sit back and enjoy.
0: Awesome. And then before we move into the the next part of this segment, I'll, I want to ask, like, what's next, Geo? Like, what uh, are you writing something new? Are you allowed to talk about, it, or is it hush? No, hush? no, no. I've,
3: I've, there's I, well, another thing I'll tell everybody that's listening is if if you want to go after something, always have other things on the the. Uh, the, on the fire. And I have like four other screenplays that I had written that I'm I'm really working on. And I have this book I'm going to pick, like, look, I could talk about any of those. I'm going to tell everybody the idea for the book I had really quickly. Um, uh, cause I wrote it when I was trying to get people to notice me, I had this manager who shall remain nameless at the time, but I, I was sending them ideas and I wasn't getting any response back for them. So I was like, you know what? I am going to send this guy the the worst idea I could possibly think of. I'm like, what is the worst idea I can do? And I said, um, I said, okay, subway dwellers versus barnyard oddities. It's the weirdest thing I can think of. <laughs> so the crazy people, like you see in the subway, are like like superheroes who are really there for your safety, and they get got to defeat a three headed goat named craig hellbent on destroying the universe and i literally sent that to him just to like like as an f you type of thing and you know what <laughs> they, they responded back there like hey this is a pretty good idea <laughs> and <laughs> like, i just no was way. like oh man okay you know what i'm actually gonna write this thing so it took three months i wrote it it's awesome and i'm gonna try and make something happen with that but there's there's more movies coming there's stuff down the line i'm working at all of this stuff and thank you to everybody who watched willie's wonderland because you've opened the door for that opportunity to be part pop- possible
0: yeah also uh
4: real quick real quick do you know the goodwill hunting story the, the dollar that they gave gus van sant and just
3: said we can be in it for a buck is that the one you're talking about
4: no uh uh the the unfortunately he shoe shall, shall not be named weinstein why he got the script no So when they wrote it, they, you know, they wrote it. It was a big thing. It was going all around town. And they kept finding that they were going into these meetings and they would sit down and people would be like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And they would just do that usual, you know, sort of uh, typical superficial Hollywood thing where they hadn't actually read the script. So what they allegedly did is in the middle of the script, uh, they made a Ben and Matt put <laughs> had a gay sex scene that they wrote that was like three pages long between their two characters. <laughs> and the only person that was like, hey, I love the script, but what's with the gay sex really? scene was Harvey I, Weinstein. <laughs>
0: amazing. I mean, look, I've been in plenty of meetings with executives yeah. where it's like you clearly they clearly haven't read it, but you would think some intern would have read it, right? I and mean, been like, just so you know, there's this one scene that's a little off, right? But nothing about that is surprising. Right.
4: I, I've also heard from the other side of people who are in the executive class when the the whale comes in and hasn't read the script, and they're yeah. like trying to pull up on the yoke and pull out of the nosedive,
0: <laughs> and no, they're they're just going gung ho. So. All right. Well, look, I'm excited for for whatever the next thing is that you're writing, because clearly you have a very unique voice and a sense of (laughs) like like you make some based solely on this. You make some weird, fun shit. And like, that's right up my alley. Uh, And I got to tell you, I would love to see the janitor come back in some future thing, whether it's Nick Cage or someone else like I think you got a great character there. I don't know if you have plans to do that. Maybe there's a sequel, but like, if you do, like, I think that's a great idea. The
3: sequel is locked inside my head and it's just a matter of getting all the, you know, pieces in place again. So well, hopefully hopefully, we
0: can pull that off. That'd be fantastic. Awesome. Nice. So, okay. We've talked about Willy's Wonderland. We talked about geography, but now it's <laughs> time to move into the second half of the show. And in the second half of the show, we talk about a horror movie people probably haven't seen. And we always ask our guest. To pick that movie. uh, And so what movie did you pick? Bad Gio? Ben. Bad Ben. And I got to tell you, when when you told me that's what you were picking, I was so excited because this movie has been sitting on my like Amazon queue for a couple of years now. Like I, I just like I've known about this movie, but like I have yet to watch it. And I was like this is a perfect pod forsaken movie right like no one's seen this yeah. movie um so tell me why why did you pick it how do you, how did you come to know about this movie Well
3: I like ourselves you know we I just try and find crazy movies on uh, the movie channel or Amazon or whatever it may be and my cousin Douglas and I one night are looking for just a terrible bad B movie to watch and laugh at and have fun with and we see this one called Bad Ben and, you know, kind of read the description, mm, intrigued enough to hit like play on the trailer and the trailer starts playing and it's like this, this like sort of like a old timey piano do, 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 do. <laughs> and, and you hear this guy go like pull up to his house and go, just bought this house and eh, not bad for a sheriff's sale.
1: It's a really good impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Nigel. Was I, this your first movie? Oh, man. I, we got to talk about <laughs> Nigel in a second. But, you know, like, because I, I no, I'm not I'm not joking. The man inspires me, but I will. Um, I, I'm just telling the trailer why I watched it. So I watched this thing and then I'm seeing this trailer. It's like oh, yeah, I'm 45 seconds long. And I'm like, I I must. No, there's no doubt. I must watch this. I must watch this. And my cousins look at me and it's like, we 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 can't even schedule it. We just have to hit play. <laughs> so we watch this movie or the trailer and then we watch the movie immediately. You know, and it's about 80 minutes long or so. And I just I'm crying, laughing. I love it so much. I'm just like, just my tears are just pouring down my face. I'm just screaming. I like as soon as the movie's over, I call up my wife and I'm like, you, "We gotta watch Bad Ben as soon as we get home." We can, I'm I'm driving home like 80 miles an hour. We gotta watch it again. You're never gonna believe this movie. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And so, uh, yeah, I had I just I watched the trailer and then I watched the movie and then I became that man's biggest fan so that's how i discovered
1: it did you end up watching it twice i made her
3: watch it but as we'll talk (laughs) about in the movies there's stretches that just like go on a little bit long for my taste so i would just like i'd be like we're gonna fast forward through this like three minute shot of his house and just get to the good stuff
1: There's quite a few of those. (laughs) That's the
3: brilliance of it. And you know what? Here, I know that everybody should know. We'll talk about Bad Ben, but he spawned like six sequels. Like by the time we get to Bad Ben, the way in, you got like, it's like the Avengers of evil doers. he's taken on.
0: It's so great. Oh my God. Oh my
1: gosh. I I didn't realize that. That's very exciting.
0: I think he just made a new one called like Bad Ben Pandemic. Yeah, it just releases tomorrow.
3: It releases freaking tomorrow.
1: uh, February (gasps) 14th.
0: This is this is just a Bad Ben podcast. Yeah. There, there are at least eight movies in the Bad Ben franchise. <gasps> is
1: he in the other ones? Oh, he's
0: well. He's, he he
3: did. Uh, we should talk about the movie first before we yeah. talk about the sequels. But he did a prequel yeah. that he wasn't in, and he wasn't happy with it. And okay. I I do want to talk about how that movie got started. You know, okay. So uh, so just the, yeah, yeah. Just to you, set guys, it up. you guys lead the charge.
0: I'm so excited. You guys lead the charge, <laughs> and I'll and I'll and I'll go in with my expertise. So Bad Ben is a found footage movie from 2016. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. And it is written and directed by Nigel Bach, who also plays the lead character. And he is the only person in the movie, right? Yeah,
1: he talks to people on the phone, but you don't even hear Right,
0: them. at one point, like a car drives by the road, but that doesn't count, right? He's the only person in this movie. And it's basically the premise of a i forget his character's name is it is it timmy or tommy something uh tom riley it's tom Tom. riley and so tom just bought this house at a sheriff's sale and his plan is to flip it and make some money and he basically when he gets there realizes there are for some reason like security cameras all throughout the house so he turns them on and basically what you're watching is the is one week worth of footage that has been uploaded to the cloud and obviously creepy shit starts to happen Would you mm-hmm. say that's a fair and this
1: is filmed in his house
0: yeah right. i believe it
1: yeah,
0: yeah. right so uh, so now good
3: you gave you gave kind of the example of what happened so let me let me just go give some his, some history that now I know about he wanted to make a horror film like so he got a bunch of friends and uh he had planned on them doing this like kind of, it's sort of around the same genre type of thing, Of, but the kid, there were going to be characters in it and he was going to direct it and it was kind of going to be more of a production. But like the day that they were going to start shooting, he gets a call from all those people and they all back out on him. Oh. So like the day, the day is like, he's there in his car and it's actually the opening scene of the movie. Like he's there in his car and that's when everybody canceled on him. He's like, S- it's raining. And they're like, Hey man, we, we ain't doing it. And he's just there by himself. Nigel is and so he has this moment of inspiration where he's just like you know what Nobody's gonna do it for me I'm just gonna do it for myself and he hits record and he starts driving and that begins He hits record on his iphone and he just starts making it He doesn't have a plan. (laughs) He doesn't know where this is going He just boom hits the
0: button and he's like just let's find out what happens Just starts the movie right there and then let's just do it (laughs) He made this for very little money. I think $300. What? Yeah. You should, I mean, everybody oh, yeah. listening so has
3: to realize this. And I'm sorry. I'm talking to Orcs. I'm so excited. No. Please. He made it for $300, right? He's the only... It's not like he's just like the director and the writer. No. He's every single thing in this movie. Directed wow. by, edited by, starring. Like every single thing. It's just There's him. good
1: effects. Like really good effects in it. I don't know. Wow.
3: Oh, he does have his roommate that plays like the
0: ghost in something. I want to quick correction oh yeah yeah uh okay. yeah i think you yeah you see like a shadow walk by at one point I, so, oh yeah
1: that's right
0: yeah first of all before we actually dive into it i just want to say that i really loved this movie like way more than i thought i was going to and i'm dying to know why chris hated it <laughs> i
4: don't hate really
0: amazing. i don't hate it no
4: it's it's like it's so wrong but i love it so much it, it is <laughs> I,
0: like it's my special little boy
1: <laughs> don't say that <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> Good. Um I think I think it's because N- Nigel is like his performance is so fucking funny. Like it's so funny and he, he, he instead of being scared of the ghost, he's just like I don't care that there is a ghost. I'm gonna flip this fucking house. Yeah, he's like
1: instantly <laughs> believes it, and he's just like, "No, screw you." But, the, I, but, the, <laughs> but the, does
3: anyone see any similarities <laughs> to
0: another movie?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I see exactly right? why.
0: Exactly why I see why you chose this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, I think, pretty effective in in the scares department. There, there was one scene in particular that made me almost have a heart attack. And oh, I,
1: me too. It might have, yeah. Was, was it we'll the table? To, yes. Yeah, the
0: table with the music, obviously. Oh yeah, my was. god! And I had
1: t- to turn it off uh, and like take a break for a few minutes. Cause I was so freaked. I was watching it by myself in the dark at like midnight. And
0: <laughs> it, no, it's, it's incredibly effective. Cause it
1: makes it feel so real. Like fun, Like I normally find found footage pretty cheesy, but this was pretty realistic. It felt real. Like this is just some guy's reaction to what's going on.
0: Yeah. And I felt like he had little lines throughout to address things. Like he, he, he says like, I don't even know why I'm filming all this shit. I just feel yeah, compelled to yeah, do it. That was pretty and pretty was funny. Like, <laughs> and, and yeah, he's like, no one's going to watch this. Um, And he like, I, I was like, why don't you just leave? And then he makes it, there's a part where he mentions that like he spent all his money. He's got nothing left, mm-hmm. was, you know? And I was like, okay. And he answers
1: like, all those questions for you.
0: Yeah. I, I only wish he did just, like, reach out
4: to somebody to be like, hey, this is happening. Can you help? Or them being like, you're fucking well, crazy. Well, just well, something. Let's
3: not forget that he does call the real estate agent. Yeah, yes. <laughs> You're right. And he's
4: yeah. just like, Do you know what this is? You whore. <laughs> <It's> like, no.
2: <laughs> we
3: just went in a way wicked direction here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I meant to yeah. look
1: up if that's really a a law in New Jersey that you don't have to disclose <laughs> if a murder happened in the
3: house. I th- I th- well, I th- when listening Probably. to he did a podcast and I think he did say that that may have been like a a law an
0: actual law. Wow. I think I think because of his movie they changed the law.
1: <laughs> I, my parents, my husband's parents live in New Jersey, and now I need to see if anything happened in their house.
4: Hmm. Uh, New Jersey's
0: the Wild West. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, basically he, he it opens with him showing up to the house he. Like most of the movie, I'd say is shot either on his cell phone or like, yeah, from these camera, you know, security cameras. And in in the first call, like what the first third of the movie, it's mostly him going around the house. And like, I think we quickly understand there is a ghost because like he'll leave a room and come back. And all the furniture has been moved around. But, like, he's under the impression that someone is like breaking into the house, right? Yeah.
1: And, like, he thinks they might have a key. So, it's neat. does he change the locks? He does, right? He does. Yeah. Um, and he's like calling the security people, trying to get like the footage and. You know, and per- he's also
3: trying to like eBay things. That is the, that's the oh, point yeah. where he just goes around. And he's like, look at this TV. That's a $20 bill right there. Bonus. Yeah. We got another thing <laughs> right here. <Mama>. Bonus. <laughs>
2: 400 bucks.
1: It's um, going on
0: eBay. <laughs> he's like, I got What? Why did they leave their TV? That's so weird.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's,
0: it's like the, whoever lived there before that just disappeared. Like all their stuff is still there, which is really creepy. And then there's also like this massive Bible on the table. Which, really
1: old, like yeah, like the spine's all broken. It's been read a lot.
0: I will say that that was the one of the few things in the movies that like I kind of bumped against because I was like, he's so big on selling everything on eBay. That Bible looks like it's worth some money, but he just throws that out, you know? <laughs> I
1: think he's just creeped out. <laughs> yeah by the
0: it. the 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 line in the the line of this
4: that sequence was one of the few things that bumped me where he's just like, yeah, PC culture, yeah. and throws it <laughs> yeah. away, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> wait. <laughs> i it just i was like i know that this guy did everything i was like what what are this guy's politics yeah, the world we live
2: in today. <laughs> gotta go
0: <laughs> i'm not i mean it, it's it's hard to talk about the movie sequentially because i feel like it's kind of just a like a sequence of you know spooky noises throughout that are building it, in many ways it's similar to paranormal activity right i was just thinking like, that yeah. it's it's the best sequences of paranormal yeah. activity yes um but Gio, why don't you why don't you walk us through it? Like like, what's one of the first big things that happens?
3: Uh, I'm trying. I'm, I'm I am trying to. Re- the, I think that
0: the furniture know. all the furniture he, all moves. Right,
3: furniture moves. But you know what? Yeah, it's, the chairs. It's, in yeah, the when the he tells the chair to stop, it is like one of the funniest yes. things. because oh, yes. he's not even. He's not phased <laughs> by it. The chair moves. He's just like stop. Well, <laughs> stop. He just keeps moving it back, <laughs> and it
1: moves like like fighting with the ghost yeah he's
3: like <laughs> it just moves and he's just he's just so like just belligerent over the whole thing he just like pulls <laughs> it back and then just and then i got just like practically
0: tries to like staple it to the floor and then sees it move and you just see him get madder <laughs> yeah i was like i would be running so fast from that house and, and he's just like yelling at the ghost. Yeah, yeah. so in,
3: in sequence, so he has that situation and he's like, man, the weird stuff happened. I'm not digging it, you know? And then he goes for like, I'm gonna go for a walk oh, and he right. walks into the back of his like yard and he then like goes beyond the fence and he sees like this cross that's in the, like by a tree and there's all this like shrine and there's that like creepy um, like toy that makes the noise and like a doll. And he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, I can't have the neighbor's see in this,
4: or <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts
2: kicking it. <laughs> he takes the cross. I just, hope that wasn't.
4: Like- a, I hope that was a pass. <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> he just takes. He just
1: desecrates it. the oh, grave.
3: Yeah. He just desecrates it. It's so gold.
4: <laughs> yeah. And then he's like going
3: to sell the thing. Yeah, he's going to sell the toy as <laughs> uh, a five dollar bill right here. <laughs> Bonus.
0: <laughs> I I cannot stress how funny he is. He like his delivery, like he because he feels like a real person. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't sound like he's saying lines. He really like you're right when he gets on the phone with because eventually the the security people send him the file the footage of the, like the chairs moving around. And that's when he realizes, oh shit, I live in a haunted house. And that's when he calls the real estate agent. And he's like, well, I wouldn't have bought the fucking place if you told me people were slaughtered in it, right? Because he finds out that the previous owners were murdered.
4: And they're
1: like, you didn't ask. <laughs>
0: which, which I did look up. That is in
4: most states, if the violent death occurs, you do have to disclose it, but not in oh. New Jersey. Oh. Wow. <laughs>
0: so listeners, if you ask, they have to tell you yeah. apparently. It's a, yeah, like a, a cop a weird, who's undercover. I think. A weird loophole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, and, so let's
3: see. He Oh yeah, no go go ahead, go ahead. Oh,
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, uh so he he basically is is like, look, I can deal with a ghost. Like I don't really care. It's a ghost. And he kind of just says like, I don't care. I'm going to fucking sell this house one way or another. But but then like we he there's there's the door in the basement right and he goes he, he goes on the basement and there's multiple times he talks about how like there's this terrible smell coming from down there and there's this door that seems to be like either locked or or like he can't get through it and i was a little surprised that he doesn't seem too he doesn't seem too concerned about that door right until like the end of the movie but it's obviously setting it up that something bad is down there,
1: and the camera's disconnected from down there, so he can't even. see Oh it right, now.
3: yeah, he can't look at it. Yeah, he tries it. Man, nah, it's locked. Man, nah, nah,
0: whatever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's got enough stuff to deal with at the moment. <laughs>
0: and so he then he basically, when things are getting a little creepy, I think he goes and gets the Bible out of the trash, and that's when he finds this like child drawing of like it's like mom, dad, and a little boy, and it says "Good Ben." And then under the house, there's this drawing of this, like, what do you want? Like, I'm like a little imp monster. Yeah. And it says <laughs> bad Ben. Right. And I was creeped out, man. I was like, yeah. this movie is really creeping me out. And I don't know. Like, it's it's a $300 movie. Why am I so creeped out? Bad Ben is scary looking.
1: He's really scary. Like, yeah. I mean, did a kid. Do you think you got a kid to draw that
2: or did he draw that?
3: I'm thinking he did it. I mean, he was doing all I that did. stuff himself. He was just again, no one was helping him. So he was he was the artistic director and just just cutting, cutting it up on the spot
4: yeah I, I just love – I it I know I said, like, that it bumped me. I just wish that, like, there was a little more interplay with somebody else just to get a little more out of that character. But there is just something so funny about a dude that's like, well, I got to repair the place and I got to deal with the ghost. Ah, oh, beast. <laughs> <penis." laughs> well, well, the ghost – he
3: goes up to the attic and there's, like, some uh, – I forget if it's ashes or something. And yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got the ashes like there. Urn. And then yeah. it, the, the ghost starts telling him, like – um, not your house, and he's just like, you know what? No, no, Mister Ghost. <laughs> he just like starts <laughs> spreading the ashes. Like it is my yeah, house. Uh, <laughs> I got some bad <laughs> for you. I got a yeah. deed to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and so the ghost is is mad that the. Uh, that the ashes have all been spread everywhere. And so Nigel tries to get some sleep. The ghost comes in and just kicks the absolute shit out of Nigel (laughs) while he's laying in bed. And you see Nigel just like
0: just getting just just absolutely rocked. (laughs) yeah at that point i was like it's probably time to leave dude i thought like, he
1: was leaving at that point because he puts his shoes and socks on and goes outside and he's like no he's just going to fight back
0: <laughs> I, I like that ghost, like re- that scene was really creepy because it like it because he basically says like if you he basically says i'm not afraid of you i dare you to like basically do something right and so he invites the ghost to essentially like assault him <laughs> and, and i was like oh fuck like dude like you you are just begging for trouble but like <laughs> I was, I was trying to think of like other found footage movies like this. Right. And I think the the thing that's really interesting is usually either the characters are terrified or they don't even know there's like a ghost until late into the film, but like. This guy realizes it pretty early in, and most of the movie is him just being like, "Fuck you, like I don't care," <laughs> and yeah. and he's constantly yelling at the ghost, and it's hilarious. Yeah,
1: he's like, "You yeah. see this cross? Yeah, it's going on the wall. How do you like that?"
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then the
3: ghost knocks it down and puts a knife in the wall, yeah. and he just like he's like, "You freaking ghost." <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> another thing I have to repair. He so like uh, at some point up in the attic, right? That's when he finds the so right after the ash scene, I think. Right, that's when he finds like these voodoo dolls. Of <laughs> it's like clearly like mom, dad, and little baby voodoo doll. But there's also like a black one that I assume is Bad, Bad ben. ben, right? And so and they all have like pins in them except for the Bad Ben one. And he basically takes all of them and takes them out in the woods and buries them. And that's where when the grave he
1: com- was. Like where. The grave desecrated was
0: right, and I think he's like, "Look, I've I banish you from this house." And then when he comes back, that's when like the knife is in the wall with the with the through all the voodoo dolls. And again, I think I mean, look, that guy clearly just has a higher threshold than I do because I would have like at that point I'd be like, "I'm out of here," right? (laughs) Like I'm not sure why. I know he says he spent all his money.
1: He said he spent like literally every penny he owned, his entire life savings.
0: I will say. He doesn't really do much. He doesn't spend much time actually renovating the house, right? It
4: seems like he's there like a
1: few days. (laughs) Yeah, he
4: well because I think he he thought he was buying it as is, and in real estate, as is means like oh the foundation is cracked. As is in this case means two people were murdered, right?
2: He
1: does (laughs) mow the lawn, so I mean that's something.
0: Yeah, I guess I would just like I would like work on it during the day and then like I don't know what
1: was wrong with it. It was a really nice house. I was like, there's not really much to fix.
0: Well, that's I mean, yeah, because it's it's his house. So like, yeah. you know. <laughs> but no, I was sort of like, well, I would just slap a for sale sign on there and see if I can unload it, right? But yeah, 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 exactly. Get out of there. But uh, but again, I understand that like uh he was just like, I'm I'm the only person in the movie, so we can't have a scene where I'm talking to someone else, right? And but again, he's he's very comfortable about like going to sleep at night knowing there's a ghost in the house. Yeah, like
1: I was so impressed. Like I want to gather strength from him.
0: <laughs> but the 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 scene that I found was the most effective was the the scene on with the coffee table where he he yeah. takes the children's mm-hmm. toy, and mm-hmm. he 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 it's like a close up on this children's toy and he's asking yes or no questions and anytime the answer is yes the toy starts like playing a little song and I don't know like this this is this is this is it's a perfect example of what makes horror effective right like I was just sitting there the room was quiet and I was just zoned into the movie and. I don't know, I, I it just really got onto my skin. And I know in previous episodes we've talked about how, like, haunted house stuff doesn't bother Chris as much, but, like, it really freaks me out. And then...
4: Yeah, honestly, honestly this freaks me out, too. There's just something about it, and... Yeah, I'm trying to put my finger on it, I guess because it doesn't. I I don't know. I guess there was like the original sin of him throwing the crosses out. But who cares? It it was just like I was so sold by him. I found him so charming. Yeah,
0: I mean, he carries this movie in a way I've never seen one person. I can't even think of another movie that just has one person in it, you know. But that scare, there's a jump scare in that scene that I jumped off the couch. My dog started barking. Same, I I scared
1: my dog so bad. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like my wife she was she didn't bother her for some reason she's like are you okay i was like no i'm not okay that fucking scared the shit out of me well th- that's the that's the
3: brilliance of that scene because here we are we've been talking about this movie and i'm laughing about the whole entire thing you know i'm having it's such a it's such a it's such a fun movie but that scene it was it was like this this twist or this turning point in the whole movie where it suddenly went from being this thing that you were laughing at you didn't expect it, right? You did not expect the thing to start doing de- 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 and then you definitely did not expect what we're talking about, which is this all of a sudden, boom, this jump. It's just like it lulled you into this, what I talked about before, this, this point where you're tensed up and you're scared and you don't know what's going to happen and then he hits you with that jump and the next thing you know, the dogs barking, you're screaming. I was like, it was like the, that was, was, as far as the true horror of that movie, that scene just absolutely epitomized it.
0: Yeah, and I think he he creates a lot of effective, like tense sequences. Like, especially there's a lot of scenes at night where you do see this like shadow moving around outside mm-hmm. or like just the blinds moving. I think like, he really gave me the feeling of like what a real haunted house might be like. And
1: the power goes out. And like, so we have to have like night vision and like, yeah, he's like fighting with
0: that one of the, one of the uh
3: the things that the that, that i kind the, there are some there are some flaws in the film and it, it, the, it the the one thing that i just did you kind of well it adds to its beauty honestly but it's the same cricket cr- sound effect yes whenever oh, he's yeah, outside yeah. you know we we shoot to the outside cricket 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 then we get another <laughs> thing exact same sound effect cricket 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 yeah, I started start-
1: to get freaked out by that sound. Like it was like a Pavlovian response. I, I was getting upset.
0: <laughs> At one point, I was thinking, like, is that just the same cricket sound on loop? Because it's, it's. I, I think it is. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed. Yeah, that.
3: Yeah, it, it definitely. It's the same one. It's the same same thing, just on loop.
4: Yeah, he. he the sound effects were provided by Google. <laughs> uh,
0: free cricket sound. <laughs> so. I mean, at this point, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I really think everyone listening should watch Bad Ben. I I think, I mean, as long as you're, you're prepared for a low budget, you know, movie.
1: I mean, yeah, it's low budget, but it's, it does so much.
3: (laughs) So yeah, let me tell, let me tell the audience just a little bit about uh, Nigel's story I just told you. And then a little bit about like the, the other episodes in the Bad Ben series. Well, okay. So he puts this on, this is a good thing to know, just as far as an inspiring story that people should know. We just we've just talked about his movie and I I told you though this everybody quit on him and he just hit uh pl- you know play on his phone and started making the movie. Well, he makes the whole entire movie that we just all talked about. And you should again, if you're out there listening to this, it's it's on Amazon Prime. You just click it and you play. So he finishes his movie and he's like, I got this really great movie. I want to get it into a film festival. I want to get some attention to it. And what I forget the film festival, I do not have it on the top of my head, Um, but he sends off a digital screener to the film festival and he sits around and he just waits and he waits and he waits. And he gets a response back from the film festival and they say, oh, thank you for your submission. We have viewed your film and we have uh, decided to pass. Best of luck on your next project. Uh, Please submit again next year. And so he's kind of bummed out about that. And he goes to his computer and he clicks uh, the link that he had sent to this Film festival. And he can see in the analytics that it's been clicked on and only a minute of the movie has been played. And the film oh. festival never watched his movie. Oh. And so he gets this instinct in him that's like that, that it's, he just doesn't feel like he, he just feels like he's been cheated. He feels like he submitted this thing to be seen. They only gave him like 30 seconds and then they just quit on him. So he's like, "You know what? I'm just the I have the ability to put it out into the the world, so that's what I'm going to do." So he goes and he puts it on Amazon Prime. You can just, you know, anybody can put put up a, a video of their own thing when you, if you go through the certain steps. He puts it up there and he, you know, is like, "Okay, well, here is my art." Boom. And he puts it on Amazon Prime. And he tells this story of like the first day he gets like one hit. And the next day, or it's like it's like minutes played is what it is. It's like he he gets sixty minutes played, and then the next day he gets like one hundred twenty minutes, and then the next thing you know, he's just all you know. People are people like you and I. We're all finding it, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Everybody is watching this movie and this thing that he created. Just with his own like sheer will and drive to make a movie that the film festival didn't even give him 30 seconds, turns into this like internet cult movie. From there, he realizes he's got something popular. And so he tries um a, a prequel and it doesn't really go the way he wants because he's not even in it and everybody was like dude we like your character yeah. we want to see you so he comes back with like bit bit bad ben 2 Badder Ben and then he's like we talked about he's just by himself in the first one well in the next one he has like people like a paranormal investigators there to check it out and Things don't even make sense because it's kind of like Star Trek, where if it, if if his character dies, he comes back, you know, and then it, yeah. and then we get into all these things you're saying. Like there's eight movies. There's there's bad uh, there's the Crescent Moon Clown, Bad <laughs> Ben the Way In, Bad Ben Pandemic. He comes up with all these things, but you know what? He put that movie on Amazon, and with with however the analytics work he was making some money from them because people streamed and Amazon like paid him cents on the stream. And you know, he had enough so that he was making money and being able to make these things. And people like myself were enjoying them. And so I, I was, we laugh at that movie a lot. And I I we kind of, we kind of made fun of the scenes here tonight, but like, honestly, if it, I'm telling you right now, I found it an an inspiring tale. Number one, that he did it by himself because the, the crew quit on him. Number two, when the film festival didn't look at his thing, he said, you know what? I will just put it out to the universe myself because I believe in it that much. And it worked out so well for him. And like, I just applaud, I applaud that. Plus, I am truly a fan of the movie. I am truly a fan of the series. Obviously, like you think, we we talked about it. You know, uh, his character Tom Riley, doesn't take any garbage in that movie, and the janitor doesn't take any tr- garbage in Willie's Wonderland. Like it was, <laughs> it's t- it's not a coincidence. Yeah. Like yeah, a part of me totally. is like, like that. That was a cool idea. You know, good, good, good on yeah. him, man. Good on him.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think in particular. Like when we talk about low art, which this is, quote unquote, low art, but we tend to focus on like the low aspect of it less than the art. This is still art. It gave us an experience. It's fucking cool. And like, I'm a fan of the movie. And now after hearing that story, I'm a fan of Nigel. That's fucking awesome. Thank you for introducing this.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I like I am so grateful that you picked this movie. I I'm personally, I don't know if anyone else will, but I'm going to watch the rest of these. Like, I I understand.
4: Oh, yeah. I tried to last night and uh,
0: the second one wasn't on (laughs)
4: Amazon. Really? Huh? Well, it's not
3: called Bad Ben. I think the second oh, one. Oh, it's like st- v- Steel Steel Canyonville Road or something like that. I don't remember.
4: Or if- Small Smallville or whatever. Yeah, uh, it it shows up, but it says it's
0: currently not available on Amazon. Maybe it's somewhere else.
3: Stillmanville Road. Steel road. That's what. Yeah. Steel Manville Road. That's what it's called.
0: Which oh, which I think right wait, there's a scene in Bad Ben where you he shows you the road. I think. Yeah,
3: that's where like the start where that's the start of the movie when it was raining right. and everyone quit on him. That's the road that he's driving in on. I think my, honestly, my personal favorite is uh, of the series is one called The Way In, Bad Ben, The Way In. And it's, it basically is like, like, that's the one I was saying is like the Avengers movie where he's got, you don't have to watch him in order, but it's okay, cool if good you do. To know. But if you were going to skip ahead to the one where he's kind of honed his craft and he knows his characters and he's got the editing down. Like we were talking about one of the, one of the things about the first movie was like the editing where you have these shots outside that go a little long and the, the, the sound crickets loop and stuff like that. By the time he gets into the way in, I think he's really got it down. And that's why I'm excited about this next one that is coming out with this, you know, tomorrow, or if you're listening to this now, it should be out um, already uh, because he seems to have gotten better at, at, at knowing his character, knowing his story and knowing how to do everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I could only imagine that his skill level goes up, yeah, as he perfects it. One thing I want to talk about real quick is the ending of Bad Ben because I was a little confused and I was wondering, maybe it's supposed to be vague, but what did you guys think was happening there at the end?
1: Well, it, there's all these like bags that look like there's gonna be bodies in them. I thought that was the parents were their parents' bodies were gonna be down there, but it seemed like they were just bags with Oh to be no bu- so to be clear,
0: he goes into the basement. Yes and he he he! Finally, just takes a hatchet to the door, and he's like, he's like, "We're doing this. We're yeah. just gonna fucking do this <laughs> tonight's <he's>, the night." <laughs> yeah, and he just and chops his way into that room, and you finally get to see what's in the basement, and
1: that's where the smell is coming from. So he's like holding his nose and looking for the there smell. There is this
0: like, cr- there's like a t- like a flat screen TV up on the wall, and there's this chain on the floor. And I was wondering, is the idea that someone was being like kept chained up down there? Well, I didn't know if they yeah, were. Chi- I-
1: they had chained up. Ben down there if it, when he, if he, like turned in, into like little imp demon. I but also,
0: I, I guess like, was there, here's, I guess what I thought there, there once was a creepy family that lived there and then like either bad, like, I, I don't know, like the spirit of Ben killed them all and then another family moved in and they got killed too. Interesting. I
4: took it as like that old uh treehouse of horror Simpsons where there's like good Bart and bad Bart. And like they would feed bad Bart the fish heads and he lived in the attic. OK,
0: so so yeah,
4: I, I thought it was like twins and one was good and one was bad.
0: Oh, and they just named both their kids Ben. Yeah, They're like I, I like like I like the name Ben. Just name them all Ben. <laughs> I mean, Gio, you've seen more of these films. Is there more of an explanation later on? Yeah, he on? gets, he does get
3: into an explanation of because okay. that that ending does kind of get, what well, we think he's dead and then he comes back for six more episodes, you know? Uh-huh. So it's like, <laughs> right. No, so uh, <laughs> it, it is a little bit more explained of like where the creatures are coming from. And he actually teams up with Ben at one point
0: to take on an even greater challenge. Wow, I mean, like <laughs> love that. Ben. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's got that like kind of Blair Witch ending where like you feel it, but then when you think about it, you're like, wait, what happened? Right, like, yeah, and it's like, don't you get it? The Blair Witch got him, the go yeah. home,
1: <laughs> which is enough, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, like, everyone put this on your list. This is a great film,
1: absolutely, yeah,
0: yeah. Watch it, watch it, definitely watch it,
1: even if you don't like found footage because it's really honestly not my thing. And I really liked it.
0: I, I gotta tell you, geo I don't know how many episodes of Pod Forsaken you've listened to, but it's rare for a movie to, for all three of us to like it. That is, it is a rare feat. So thank you. Oh
3: yeah. Well, it's it, it, it was, he sent sent the email. I was like, come up with an idea and it wasn't, it was like a, a, a 10 second thing. I was <laughs> like, well, of course we're going to talk about that. Number one, because like, you want to experience something different, and I think yep. that it, that is exactly what it is. It is not your standard horror movie. It is not. It is not a big budget production. That is not something. It's just. It's just this guy's artwork and his guy. This guy's idea. And man, I I just dug every second. It, it, like I said, it's a good tale of how, how to work hard. It's an inspiring tale of uh, a tale of not giving up. And it's just an artistic tale of a guy saying, "This is what I'm gonna do. No one can stop me." Great, you know, good yeah. on that guy. Good
4: on I'm him. I'm so
1: happy for him. <laughs> and you. Yeah.
4: Dude, if I if I have to watch another movie about like eight teens that walk into an abandoned warehouse and are slaughtered by a clown, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. You know, you need those. Yeah. And like,
3: like the, the, the teen, that's just, you know, that's the standard fodder thing. So when that happens, unless it's like Willie's Wonderland, where they, when they go into the super fun, happy room and they're like, Man, these animatronics are really turning me on. Like, come on, you gotta make fun of it if it's gonna happen. If it's if we're just seeing the same thing, like you know. But it, you know what? The, here's another thing about the horror movies because they're so successful and because they make money and because there's such a formula to it. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this 25 years from now. You're going to be like, oh, they walked into the warehouse and the clown just wasted them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think teens in the warehouse is going away anytime soon, you know. But yeah, like in in Willy's Wonderland, that that scene again in in other movies, I would bump against that. I would be like, why are they just going off on their own to have sex? But because of the tone you established, it, it says right in the beginning, we're here to have fun. You know, these people are here to be killed. And like it makes it okay. and I want to applaud to you again because it's such a a very difficult thing to achieve when you're balancing comedy and horror, you know? So yeah, totally. excellent, excellent work. Again, everyone please check out Willie's one, like bad, bad Absolutely. is one day. Check that out, but really check out Willie's wonderland. You
1: have to, it's so fun. Like, I don't, everyone would love this. Like. Uh,
3: well, you know what? You guys have been too kind. It's, it's, it, uh, I really appreciate it. I, I did it. So I did it for us. You know what <laughs> I mean? I did it for people that just want this. It's, it's junk food. It's like everything that we wish happened in a movie could happen. And just, you know, you, you, you can just, kind of enjoy the experience and you know what you're going to get and it gives it to you, you know, Hey, you want, you want a red car? Here is your red car. You know what I mean? It's like, we're not, we're not, we're not doing. We're not changing anything up. You're just getting what you 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 like. But you guys, thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you. I I really appreciate that you took the time to uh, watch uh, Willy's Wonderland and enjoy it. It means the world to me. You heard how uh, difficult everything was for me in the years leading up to it, and so to have three people watch the movie and give praise, it's 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 it really does mean the world to me. And I also appreciate that you guys enjoyed my uh, 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 Bad Ben choice because. <laughs> It's another thing where it's, it is an ask, you know, you don't know what you're getting going in. And I, I appreciate that it was a thing that you guys jumped right into. Like if, if it were a pool, just, uh, Hey, <laughs> bad Ben. And you guys can in and that,
2: <laughs> that, that,
3: that means a lot to me too. So like, honestly, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for having me. What a fantastic show. What a fantastic conversation. And I, I, I truly deeply appreciate it. And, and everybody out there yeah. listening. Thank you. I, I I hope you enjoyed it. I hope, I hope you watch more of my movies. I, uh, <laughs> I truly do. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, when the next one is is ready, whether it's the book or or the next movie, come on back. You you are part of the Pod for Sagan family now. I oh, appreciate that.
1: Yeah, we can't wait. And I hope we all day one day we can all be watching uh, soon. Willie's Wonderland
2: at a midnight showing. Oh yeah. yeah. You know
3: we're gonna get one soon. We're gonna get back on track, and everybody's gonna be healthy and safe, and uh, we will all be there. We'll pack it up, and we're gonna
0: be saying the lines and. <laughs> Yeah, and makers is- and all that stuff. This deserves a midnight screenings. This is a midnight movie. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's the perfect movie for a midnight screening.
0: I think I think this this movie has a long future ahead of it at midnight screenings and a growing cult audience that's really gonna love it. So again, thank you for sharing the magic with with all of us and. um I guess with that, I think we should wrap it up. And, and again, Gio, thanks for taking the time. I know uh, we're a, we're a long show to to hang out with, but I know.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah,
3: thank you so much. Hey, did it? Didn't it feel like we just started? Like it? it <laughs> we're gonna, you're having a good conversation. It goes by quickly.
4: Yeah, we'll start
0: recording. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that we're warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks so much again, Gio. Thanks, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. If you could uh, like, subscribe, and share this episode, that'd be great. If you want to share your feedback with us, we can be reached at podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com.
2: Yeah!